game is over. This is a special post-game edition of the Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. Instant analysis and opinions on UCF's game. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Adams and Christian Simmons. Welcome into episode 92. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. I haven't been this frustrated in a very long time. Man, I haven't been this frustrated since the last time UCF played Louisville, uh, to be totally honest <laughs> you. know with what? You. I was thinking about this on the drive over here. Also, it's 1247 at night or yes. in the morning. Fun times. Um, and I was thinking about this on the way over here. We were at Louisville last year. It was a very frustrating game. UCF lost a million players. It was just a horrible way to lose the game on that pick six. And then, of course, the season being basically over and finished because they lost the quarterback. I feel worse right now. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out what I should and should not say about the quarterbacks because I'm coming from post-game and in the press box, the two people on either side of me, both Stephen Leonard and Trace Trilko, were pleading with me to not say the stuff that I really wanted to say about the <laughs> quarterbacks on this podcast. But um, I guess I should start with told you so <laughs> would probably be the first way to go because John Rice Pumley basically looked like the nightmare version of what we on this podcast all offseason said he might look like and some of you understood that we were offering analysis and some of you took it very personally and were like we hate JRP and then there were those of you who were just like he's an SEC quarterback and I personally would like to see him not play anymore for UCF football <laughs> Um, oh I don't God. think that's going to happen. Um, so Gus said in postgame he never considered putting in Mikey, which is no surprise. So there's a few ways to look at the quarterback situation because I do fully understand the take that. So, turns out UCF's O-line is bad. Um, we've been able to confirm now with two horrible. games. And a lot of people's takes, which were the takes of those in the press box around me, were this would just be even worse with Mikey because he would get killed because he doesn't have the legs to escape when the pocket collapses. And turns out it's going to collapse a whole lot this year. He would potentially die. He, it's It's possible. Um, my counterpoint to that is that here's what happened tonight. Right around halftime, Louisville realized, wait a minute, their quarterback can't throw the ball. So we're just going to stack the box, stop the run, and their offense will die. And every team on UCF schedule for the rest of the season from FAU to Cincinnati is going to do the same thing. And for those of you who say John Rice Plumley is still adjusting to being a quarterback, he'll get better. He's been a quarterback since February. He is not going to magically get more accurate. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if this game would have gone any differently or any better with Mikey. But I I don't see how this season can move forward if John Rice Pumley is quarterback long term. I know he's not there. Gus isn't gonna make a change. He'll play here's he'll play against Louisville and or uh, he just did. He'll play against <laughs> FAU. And since it's FAU who just got beat up on by Ohio, he'll put up some crazy numbers. And seven days from now, you'll all be you'll all be like, "We've seen the light. JRP is amazing. We were wrong." Then UCF will lose to Georgia Tech, and you'll go back to doomsday scenario. Then UCF will lose to SMU, and then maybe we'll see a quarterback change. So that's where we're at. If we Full get that, if, if we get that far, and that's what happens, and you know, you get to two and two, and there's not a quarterback change already. Um, I'm gonna get on this podcast and have a fit. Do you see a path to this being a good season with JRP as the quarterback? Do they get to 10 wins with JRP as the quarterback? Is that possible? No. Ah, oh, man. I mean, I look at just I look at the schedule and I'm like there's games on here that they should like they should just win It's just by virtue of being more talented and he'll be able to out-athlete other defenses of lesser teams, but I don't know about 10 wins. How many teams on the schedule are legitimately lesser than UCF to the point that it's not going to matter that JRP can't throw the ball? Um yeah, I don't know. I'll give him. I'll give him Temple. The, yeah, 
Uh... <laughs> Is that it, maybe? Okay, I'll give him Temple, I'll give him Tulane, and I'll give him Navy. Not even FAU. FAU has a really dynamic quarterback and an interesting offense, and I'm not sure how that game's going to go. I'm still assuming UCF will win easily. but yeah. And the big caveat I'm going to give JRP is that um, Kobe Hudson did not play due to personal reasons, and Ryan O'Keefe got hurt before halftime. So that obviously changes things and makes things very difficult, but to me that was more exacerbating an existing problem than creating a problem. He yeah. just he's just not he has these moments of accuracy but on the whole he's just can't throw the ball. He just makes poor decisions. Well, it's okay if we go back to the the beginning. I have so many things but I can't gather my thoughts. If we go back to the first half, UCF's up 14 to 7 and John Rice Pumley has a wide open Alec Holler. I believe it was Alec Holler. Literally he's throwing the ball on the run, sure, but that's what he's supposedly good at. He just threw it at Holler's feet. He couldn't make the catch. If he hits Holler in the chest right there, or even just makes it a little bit more catchable and Holler catches the ball, it's 21-7 UCF. We might be in a much different mood right now. But he didn't. And this is the kind of thing that we were talking about all offseason where it's like, yes, he's a great athlete. He's going to escape the pocket. He's going to do some great things. But then there's going to be those some of those throws that might cost you a game. Will he cost you a game or not? I mean, he wasn't the, the reason UCF lost tonight because they were unbelievably undisciplined their offensive line like we said was horrible and I mean I, I the defense hats off to the defense for even keeping them in it because when your offense is that stagnant like I know yeah the defense gave up a lot of yards they only give up 20 points you give up a game, you give up 20 points in college football you should win and no the just, defense played great it's no just, issues with the defense it's unbelievable to me that like a throw like that is just it seems so simple and that's the thing that like Louisville I know we came on this podcast this last past week and said they lost 31-7 to Syracuse, blah, blah, blah. They're just not a good team. And we probably overreacted. Everybody probably overreacted. We're probably overreacting right now. Of That's how early are. weeks of college football but go. to me, Louisville, like, they played better tonight, I think, than they did against uh, Syracuse. And what they did and how they won this game is they just didn't make mistakes. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. UCF made a mistake at almost every turn they got. I mean, Louisville basically was just present while UCF beat itself, was how tonight went. Because Louisville's offense couldn't do anything. I mean, UCF's defense shut them down. They had the one big Cunningham run. The only innovative thing Louisville did was, let's stack the box. And it worked. (laughs) That was it. And that's, like, uh, listen, this... Part of the problem is, and I worried about this, and it happened anyway, is we, as a fan base, as media, as everyone, as the team itself, we overestimated what we had here. This was probably never close to a New Year's Six team. There are problems we just didn't anticipate. The O-line is not good. Sam Jackson evidently really just can't play guard. Um, he needs to go back to tackle. They need to figure something out. And They need to go back to the drawing board on the O-line because it's not working. The wide receivers aren't what we thought they were going to be, even at full strength. So there are just, the offense, the defense has more or less been what I was expecting. Yeah. The offense has just not been close to what we imagined it was going to well, be. Well, like you so. said earlier, bigger than bigger than JRP, can they get to 10 wins with JRP? Can they get to 10 wins or even 8 wins with the way the offensive line is structured right now? I don't think they can. I don't know. And again, at least, it, at least like if you had a quarterback a after the after the game, maybe I'm overreacting to watch the game and, again. Yeah. I don't want to watch this game again. But at least, but okay, listen. But at least if you had a quarterback who could accurately throw the ball, it at least takes some pressure off the O line because they're that's, not going to just try to stop the run and bring seven guys at you over and over again. And that's my problem with it too: is that yes, the of- offensive line was bad, but when they were giving JRP enough time to throw, he was just missing his receivers. 
He was he was throwing behind receivers on slants. He was under throwing balls. He just he wasn't hitting his receivers. And it, yeah. if it wasn't you know if it wasn't Javon Baker making a great catch and and just winning one on one, what are they going to do? They're not going to they weren't going to move the ball downfield at all throughout the entire game. And they basically didn't. They just had some splash plays here and there. But it I was... can't recall the last time a UCF offense looked that bad. And I watched last season. Yeah. So. Here's my quarterback thesis, is we've seen what JRP is. To those of you expecting some dramatic improvement, it's not coming. I don't. I think he could get away with not playing a game this badly again just because they're not going to play. Louisville is probably one of the most talented teams on their schedule. But, okay, we've seen what JRP is. I'm totally going back on what I said all summer. I'm ready for the in-season quarterback battle. <laughs> I want to see what Mikey has now. I do, because you know what? I will be really, like, you just don't know. You can say that it might be the same with Mikey. Well, it can't get worse than it was tonight. So let's try it. And here's my big, here's my big like, the, like not theory because it's not a theory. Here's my big if I were the coach decision. You try it with Mikey. If it still sucks, okay. It's just not going to work out this year. Then you just go to Tommy. Then you do just go to Tommy and say this season shot. We blew all the potential and the amazing schedule and the returning talent, and <laughs> we're just gonna and we're just gonna break in Tommy for the Big Twelve. Because honestly, if it's between sucking with JRP or sucking with the promising true freshman, I want to suck with the promising true freshman. Yeah. Be frustrating as hell because this season had a lot of potential, but evident. But John Rice Plumley just—I I mean, unless this was just an absolute anomaly of a game, which I don't think it was, because he showed a lot of this against SC these State. These were the types of games too that he had when he was at Ole Miss. Yeah, where he would—he had what eighty-five rushing yards tonight or something like that. But he had—he had—he had ninety—he had, had, 90, had ninety-eight gain yards and eighty-three net yeah, yards. Yeah, and he, on he, he went carries. sixteen of thirty-four. For 131 yards and an interception. And like I said, if O'Keefe is healthy in the second half, it's probably a different game. But it, there maybe. were already problems in the first half when he was healthy. Yeah, I was saying maybe it is. It's um, like O'Keefe being on the field doesn't make JRP accurate. He was just missing throws on that. I have two things from Twitter that I need to address. Go for it. One of them was from Brian Fisher, um, who's at Athlon. He tweeted, uh, John Rice Plumlee against Louisville. He was 9 of 9 passing at or behind the line of scrimmage. And he was 7 of 26 beyond the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you're not beating anybody if your quarterback's that is doing that. unbelievably bad. Yeah. That is unbelievably bad. Um, the other thing is I just got a tweet because I, I, I mean, I was going through it tonight, as we all are, <laughs> um, and I just tweeted the, the Tony Sark facepalm gift in response to that um, John Rice Plumley stat, and I got a reply that says, but how many, sto- how many stone cold drops by the hands of the wide receiver and tight end group? Did they have that many yeah. drops tonight? Did they? Not a, not a ton, but there were some notable drops. Were there? And that was more of what I went into with like the wide receivers just also aren't as good as we were yeah, expecting. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't stick out to me as much as it did um, on second viewing of last week's game. Look, on a larger scale thing, it's just like we talked about it on our pre-episode podcast. If you listen to it, this was UCF's chance to get back in the national spotlight to stop this four-year trend now of losing the early season big game, and they did it again. Yeah. And it felt just like the 2020 Tulsa game. It felt just like the 2019 Pitt game. It felt just like the Louisville game last year. Excuse me. I had just the most ridiculous, like, introspective moments tonight. I was, like, sitting there toward the end of the game. So I was like, it just it came to a point where it's like, you just knew UCF was going to come back. They were still in the game, but you're like, yeah. the offense can't do anything. And they would give you a little bit of hope and then take it right away. But I literally, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, why Why do we do this? I'm like, why am I here? Why do I drive here two, two to two and a half hours every week to watch this team? Like, what? Like, what am I doing here? And I was literally at that point where I was like, I can't. Bailey was I having an existential crisis. I literally was. I was <laughs> like, what is like? I'm like, why do I enjoy this? When was the last time I got pure actual enjoyment? And I guess it was the Gasparilla Bowl. It wasn't that long ago. It was like two um, weeks back. Yeah, 
but it's just I was just I just it was so hard to watch that offense. I'm like thinking back. I'm like. I just, I guess I got too used to my offense scoring 50 points a game. Well, and that's the thing is we are overreacting. Like, things could go on to be fine, and they could go on to be fine with JRP. Hesitant to believe it, but it could be. And they've, I mean, they've just got to go back to the drawing board. They've got to figure out some of the O-line. Like, number one thing to me is just move Sam Jackson off of guard now. As far as I understand, that was about, like, he's more of a guard build for the NFL, so this was to help his NFL prospects. It's like, no, no, what's happening now matters. He just needs to be where he's most effective on the line. They got to get that sorted out. I really, 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 in complete total 180 from what I said this summer, would like to see an in-season quarterback battle. I want to see Mikey get a chance. <laughs> I don't I think do. it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen I, either. If it's, if it's going to happen at any point, I think it's going to be way later, and I think it'll be straight to Tommy. That's I what think, I think, too. I don't think they're going to... I don't think there's Mikey. a window for Mikey. I think Mikey, they probably have understood, okay, like Mikey, just let him have his eligibility and let him transfer after the season. Have him here as a backup, but they're not going to... He's not going to be in their future plans, very clearly, and so I don't think that they really even give Mikey a shot. Let me say... It just makes me... It, make, it annoys me, but... Let me say how that will be wrong, though, and this is the only way, and I, this isn't my prediction, because I really don't think this can happen, but if UCF loses to FAU next week, JRP will be done. He will be. And at that point, I do think that Mikey would get a chance. But I just don't see that happening. Someone put a poll out. I know you put a poll out. Who should start next week? Someone put a poll out. And the fourth option is McLean, who's just not eligible. Oh, man. Okay, well. But I, I might vote for him if uh, there's just a There's just a lot to worry about here, you know. I, I, I And I get it's always this way after a loss. But, there, I mean, as far as big picture stuff, too, it's just like, you know, I said it when John Rice Plumley was named the starter. I said that Gus was taking a gamble by doing that. Mikey was the safe voice, uh, the safe choice. Excuse me, JRP was the gamble, and we took the gamble, and the gamble very clearly did not pay off. We just because this is the this is the issue we had because UCF like looked great, whatever looked great against SC State last week. We said this all offseason, like Louisville was going to be one of the games that was going to be the, one of their tougher games. And Spence also was kind of yeah was, was like when they named JRP the starter, it was like okay, there's some games that you're kind of going to go into questioning. Can JRP get it done through the air against this team? And coming out of Louisville, obviously he couldn't get it done tonight. And you wonder, it's more than just, okay, what about Cincinnati? It's, you know, what about Tulane? What about Memphis? Memphis? What about SMU? What about Georgia Tech? Yeah. Georgia it's, Tech held its own against Clemson. It's, it's and a bad spot my thinking is, say that you had Mikey in there tonight, and I know there were people just rolling their eyes as they listened to this, because, it, listen, it could have been just as bad or worse with Mikey with the way the O-line is, but Mikey I is we'll enough. Never we'll never know. It's one of life's great men. I guess we'll never know what happened. It's a throwback to our last late night podcast. We've now referenced Elf on two straight late night uh, podcasts. We'll That's how life is going. We'll find a way, sadly. Um, if Mikey's in, he is much more of a threat to throw the ball downfield. He's much more accurate. He can. Co- I mean, I'm, he's not like lasering the ball downfield like Dylan Gabriel, but he can complete those passes. He is enough of a threat that Louisville would not have been able to stack the box like they did. That would have opened up the run game for Bowser and Johnny. It would have taken some pressure off the O-line. I think that this offense functions better with Mikey Keene. Last year's offense, as like frustrating as it was sometimes, I think last year's offense wins this game. And as you pointed out to me before we got on TV, or on, not on TV, <laughs> <laughs> guys, it is 1.02 a.m. Oh, I can't wait till Christmas. I have been awake for a very long time. I'm very tired. I apologize for believing as I sit in this office looking at a microphone that I'm on television. But where was I going with this? I'm so tired. Before we got on the podcast slash television. Okay, but you had said, and what were we just talking about? I just completely lost my train of thought. Um, Mikey, last year's offense. Oh, right, 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 right. So the thing is, 
and Bailey said this right before we got on, when people are comparing Mikey to JRP, you're comparing true freshman 17 and 18 year old Mikey to late in his career fully developed John Rice Plumlee. And it's like the Mikey that we have this year is almost certainly better than the Mikey we saw last season, like without a doubt. So why not at least give him a chance? Let's see what he has. We get, let's do what Michigan's doing. I'm never mind. I love it now. <laughs> JRP gets one ACC team. We'll give Mikey the next one. He gets Georgia Tech, and we'll just see where I things land. I did not think we were going to be doing this. Like, let's get crazy. Let's I get Tommy. Not. Let's give Tommy FAU. We give Dylan Gabriel FAU in 2019, and it worked out. I did not think we were going to be doing this. Like, if Timmy McLean wears a different jersey, maybe we throw him out there, and the NCAA doesn't notice. I mean, let's because like I I just I don't mean to have a complete panic attack while we're talking, but. It's just, I I had an existential crisis, so I think you're okay. There we go. First off, let me just say, and I'm sure many of our listeners feel the same way, I forgot how bad it feels when UCF loses. I was was telling uh, my friend as we were walking out, this is the first time I've walked out of that stadium since 2016 after a loss. I said the same thing. And I was like, that's... Oh, well, that's a lie for me, because I was there for the Tulsa game. But, yeah, I I haven't since... It was Tulsa in 2016 was the last time I walked out of that stadium after UCF had lost. It's a gutting feeling, and... But the issue you're sitting there in a parking garage and you can't get out and you're just uh, the issue I'm grappling with is that we talked ourselves into and I felt there was a lot of reasoning for it that this could legitimately be an AAC champion team in year 16 because of the returning talent, the transfers brought in, the schedule. It felt like everything was setting up. And what was frustrating about tonight was I didn't see a whole lot of fixable things. It was just a lot of okay, that's what this team is. Yeah, and I will say that. I'm not, I know a lot of people are jumping off the Gus bus and we can get into that at a later time, but like, I didn't even really hate the play calling, to be totally honest with you. The players just couldn't execute it. Yeah. Um, I had some issues with some different things and we don't really have, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like uh, the first half punt from, you took the delay game and then punted the ball away. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that I didn't enjoy that. Um, Should we talk about special teams? Because we haven't even touched We can. Teams I had one more thing to say on the quarterbacks. Go for but it. Maybe I didn't. No, go for um, it. I don't remember if I did or not. I don't remember. Bailey, I actually have Bailey was about to announce that he's Team Tommy now, but it slipped his mind. We're getting there. Um, I don't I don't know. I just, I think, that's that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, this is all over the place right now. I was thinking, like, yeah, we, we talked ourselves into this being like a championship caliber team, and it just certainly doesn't look like that's the case. But we again, we could be overreacting to one game against Louisville. Maybe they come out next week and things come and together. This, and like things didn't look fixable, that doesn't mean they're not fixable. And there's there's they're not going to just throw in the towel in the season. It's two games no. in. They're one and one. It was a non-conference game. You wanted to win it a lot, obviously, but you still can go into the conference season and kind of reconfigure and, and readjust and and put together hopefully what can still be a good season. And I mean, with, there's and a listen. chance. Like I don't see it happening. But there's a chance they go eleven and one. Like, there is. No, there's not. There is, though. There is zero chance they don't lose another game. There is no chance of no, that. No, like, mathematically, and just... It, okay, it's... cool. No, there's no <laughs> chance of that. But I will say, on the silver lining note, and to back up your point, it's like, college football is a week-to-week sport, and it we is. are heavily overreacting, but guess what? It's 1.06 a.m., and that's what this podcast is for, but you look at Louisville one week ago, their fans were convinced they were going 3-9, and nine. they need to bench their quarterback and fire their coach because they just gotten blown up by Syracuse, they go on the road and get a big win. Boise State last week got blown out by Oregon State. I even mentioned on the podcast how Boise State's program is just in total decline. That was the narrative on Twitter. Boise State destroyed New Mexico tonight and looked great. So, it, listen, UCF's going to go out next week and trash Louisville in front of probably 20. FAU. 
Oh my goodness. Why can't, don't you guys, I, I don't know why. So just a little bit of like inside baseball, the late night podcasts, we enjoy doing them because they are typically our most listened to podcasts. And I don't know why you guys are so interested in watching Bailey and I dazed and half asleep attempt to break down a game we just watched, but it's certainly Again, you struggling. just said watching. They're not watching us. A game we just watched. No, you, Did said I say, you said they're watching us break down like everything. No, but it's weird. I don't it is weird even because know. like I think they just enjoy the chaos at this point. I get because this has been a chaotic this, podcast. Um, but like UCF's gonna go out next weekend, just to finish my point. They're gonna beat up on FAU in front of twenty thousand UCF fans and everyone's going to relax and be like, Never mind, we're great again, and then we're just gonna have to see what happens against Georgia Tech. <laughs> that that's kinda where we're at, you know. Yeah, Hopefully um, the O line will look different. Like, I and so. I don't mean different, like play differently, like different players in different spots. Cause this, <laughs> and I'm thinking, what's so sad is I realized I was, I was, I was walking to the press conference. I was like, you know what? Spring camp happened. Fall camp happened. And the staff was probably like, wow, our D line is elite. <laughs> and then the season started and they were like, whoops, <laughs> turns yeah. out, which the D line played very well to be they fair. Did. But again, I have um, no complaints about the defense yeah. at all. Defense had a great night. I, I'm a big Walter Yates fan. We we did not give him a shred of attention this offseason. Well, it was, again, it was one of those things where it's like, I just don't feel like he's going to be a factor. Yeah, he's already really. like one of their main linebackers. I've been, fan, I've been a big fan of Jason Johnson. Ma- too. Imagine if I told you two months ago that we still have yet to have a reason to talk about Kobe Perry, but we've talked about Walter Yates multiple times. That just made me sad. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. Uh, this tweet sucks. Um, going This one person says, going 8-4, and 9-3 and three is okay, everyone. I've said this for years. Be Boise State first. You can't be Alabama until you're Boise. I have a lot I of things. That I, I don't either, I don't and I don't really means. want to discuss it any further. I just feel like I needed to read it and get it out there. I've said before, and this obviously changes next year in the Big 12, but like I believe that at UCF you should just be able to sleepwalk your way to 10 wins with the advantages <laughs> they have. I do believe that. And I still For think now, and once you get in the Big 12. It's if you had to give me, like, gun to my head, I have to give a record prediction on this season right now, I would say 9-3 and three is where I'm at. Because I don't think they're a bad team, and they still are just going to out talent a lot of the teams on their schedule. But like, man, this season can go. And their wrong defense, quickly. I think their defense is legitimately going to win them some more games. Like they're their win. defense their almost could have won the game tonight. Their defense came one score away from winning them this game tonight, and the offense flat out did not play for three quarters. Yeah, like just straight up did nothing because they quarters. they held that lead at fourteen to seven and fourteen to ten for a while. Then yeah, they give up the touchdown. It gets to twenty to fourteen, but then they get two key stops down there at the end. To where you give the offense a pretty short field to work with, and they couldn't get it. They give the offense two more chances than I thought they were going to get, and both times the offense did nothing with it. So the defense will get them to some wins. I just... Okay. Enough of the quarterbacks. You know where we stand. I would like to see Mikey King get a chance. I'm aware that's not happening, but I don't think there's anything JRP can do to be what fans think he's going to be. He's just, frankly, an average quarterback. Um, On... On to... Oh, boy. On to... uh, Well, throwing the ball, he's a terrible quarterback. But (laughs) on to special teams. I would like to not see Daniel Obarski on the field for UCF ever again. And I tweeted that at the time. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing. I, it's the old saying, right, that, that what's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I do not understand what Gus Malzahn and that coaching staff expect to happen when they send Obarski out there to take a field goal. I don't know why they do it. I don't know what they expect from him. What did he miss from? It was like 32 or something? It was a 32-yard field goal. <laughs> you can't tell me, like, and even if they did, like, if they send Riker Casey or they send Colton Boomer out there to kick a 32-yard field goal, if they had missed, I, yeah, I would have been annoyed. I'm like, wow, we really just don't have a kicker, huh? But I, I would have been less annoyed because I knew it was going to happen. He, he yeah. walked out there, he trotted out there, and I knew he was going to miss. I wrote my and tweet on him missing before he took the field all goal. All in his head, too. I mean, I don't think he's a very good kicker to begin with. I'm sorry, but 
it's just at this point he there's no like I don't think he's coming back from it. No. There's no way we've seen that with kickers. It's a tale as old as time, and I do feel awful for him because he's a person. Yeah. But it's like that's the way it works. The kicker gets in their head, they lose their ability to kick the ball, and that never comes back, and they're gone. And that's just. And my thing is, if you don't have because we don't see practice. Obviously, if he's out there, it means Boomer is not as good. It means Riker Casey is not as good. But my thing is, if that's the situation you're in, then you just need to be prepared to always go for it on fourth down in the red zone. You yeah. just have to be prepared for because you can't send you can't even send him out there. Like I said this earlier before this game even happened, I was talking about how he can't make a kick beyond forty yards. I'm like, you get to the twenty five yard line and it's fourth down, you can't send him out there. It's no. a forty two yard field goal. He's he can't miss. do it. He literally and cannot do it. I just I was watching him warm up after halftime, and again I'm saying it's in his head because I watched him miss a thirty yard field goal and he just it was like a knuckler, like it was legitimately off off of his foot. It knuckled and went wide left. And I was like, this, I don't think there's a way back. And yeah, maybe Riker Casey and Colton Boomer aren't good either. But can they do worse? No, unless they just miss all their extra points. Because he, yeah, he's making his extra points. Cool. And right. that's great. But awesome. The, the extra points are like, how, how long are extra points in college? Like 15 yards, 18 yards? Like, I would hope he can make his extra points. I just want to point out that our friend Sarah Kelleher, who used to work in Night Sports Now with us, um, literally made an extra point at the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, when the Peach Bowl was there. So, like, extra points, I think, are a thing that, like, we could pick a number of people out of the crowd who could probably pull that off, so I'm not going to give them too much of a pat on the back for that. Sarah was a two-time state champion soccer player, though. Maybe we need to go get a soccer player. Uh, why not? There's a bunch of them. Let's go check on the brothers and see if any of them want to try out kicking because what oh, we're doing now see, is not working. Did you see when they brought out the fan to try to kick that uh, field goal? I did not. Okay, because I texted you about it. You didn't text me back. They, they brought a fan out there, and I was like, if he makes this... <laughs> Like, I think just it was like, suit him up. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, if he makes this, it's just going to be brutal. And it was the worst thing. It was, like, it was the worst attempt I've ever seen. It was really bad. So should we end the podcast on like positive takeaways? Like just to like lift the spirits of our listeners and maybe ourselves with a little bit of coping? You take the lead because okay. I don't really know what to say. Um, that was the best uniform UCF has okay. ever worn in its history. It was extraordinary. It. Yeah. Like seriously, like... I um, can never wear it again now. The, I don't care. <laughs> it's so sold on this new set. The helmets, the decal, everything was just perfect. That's my one main big positive takeaway. My second big positive one is that UCF has what looks like one of its best defenses ever. And I think that's worth being happy about. Um, I think Johnny Richardson should get the ball more. I think Johnny Richardson is very good. Yeah, I think, I think he should get the ball more. Um, um, I've been excited about Xavier Townsend and the little flashes we've seen of him. Yeah. I know like he didn't do a ton tonight, but I just I think he's going to be very good. Hey, who had if I who had if I told you like in June that Isaiah Bowser would have like nearly ten more carries against SC State than he would against Louisville? Would you have uh, believed that? I I just I don't know I don't know what Bowser is anymore. I mean he can't like without the we've talked about this I think on the podcast like without a competent offensive line there's only so much Bowser can do. Yeah, but you know what you talk about Johnny Richardson he had five touches tonight. Yeah, and I don't understand why that's possibly the case and. Five carries for 47 yards, and he also had... So uh, five two, carries, excuse me. Yeah, two catches for 25 yards. And Gus even said in post-game, he was like, we need to get Johnny involved more. And I'm like, I wish you'd thought of that especially at when, like, Especially when a guy like O'Keefe, who's one of your playmakers, goes out. I think Johnny Richardson is very capable of being a, a big playmaker for you. I don't know why he's getting... He's touching the ball a total of seven times in the game. And I feel like that's what happened tonight, especially in the second half, because that's what we saw happen last year and end up being O'Keefe, where you could tell Gus was like looking for and trying to find the guy that was going to break the game open and be their playmaker, and just no one emerged. Yeah. And it just... I mean, this is the worst type of loss, because they had every opportunity to win that game and just couldn't do it. I mean, when you go back to 
you the offense got the ball what ten yards out from the end zone and just could, if they get it in they win and yeah. they just could not get the ball. This in the is end like zone. the weird thing. Like I still have more negatives to say. Go on. All right, whatever. We're, we're giving up on the. Sorry um, guys, we're getting on a positive note, but that's how because we talked about special teams. We also didn't talk about how bad Andrew Osteen was. Yeah, um, I don't remember him being this bad last year. I didn't. I he didn't wasn't good, good year last, last year, year yeah. but he was not this bad. But this is it's it's not fun to watch. Um, I had another. Oh, just the discipline overall. Like the and there's another week with and uh, Gus over, called that out too. over ten penalties, and you just you're not. Yeah, they had eleven penalties for 111 yards. That's so bad. 111. And let's yards. be completely clear. Above everything else, above the John Rice Plumley stuff, the O line stuff, the receivers, the special teams, above everything, UCF wins this game if the Javon Baker touchdown is not called back for holding. UCF probably wins this game if that giant Johnny Richardson run was not called back for holding. It really, like, the, if you want to pick one thing that you flip that wins them the game, it's the penalties. Yeah. It is. Because both of those situations, the penalties weren't even part of the play. Yeah. Because that's always how it works. Um, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. Because, you, you, yeah, it's a six-point game. Like, as bad as the offense played, it was a six-point game. They scored twice, or I think it was once. I mean, they would probably score a second time. But they got called back because of penalties. It was, was a six-point game, and they had the ball with a chance to win with, like, two minutes left in the game. And they yeah. just couldn't. And they just couldn't. Yeah. Um, so. Let me go Let me go back to a positive, and then I guess we could probably wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, we can end on the positive. Minutes. Um, this is one of those things where, like, I'm watching from the stands, and, like, it's just not looking at stats, not looking at all this stuff, and seeing it from above. I was like, I feel like this defense – like, I, I was really pleased with the defense overall, but I was like, I feel like the defense – has struggled to get off the field at times. I was completely wrong. They were they Louisville was only four for fourteen on yeah. on third downs. They were one for three on fourth downs. The defense. I have no complaints about the defense. The defense had a great night, and I was I was surprised because I tweeted at one point the defense had been dominant. A bunch of people were applied and were like, "No, they haven't." Like, somebody was like, "Did you watch the first drive?" I'm like, "Yeah, the first drive was the bad, first drive was it." They adjusted and were dominant. Also, hello, casual fans. There's this thing called scripted plays yeah. that teams often have on their first drive, and that affects how the defense you can, can see function. That both teams had really, really well scripted plays because yeah. UCF ran right down the field and and just looked great doing it, and then couldn't figure out how to do it again. So yeah, it, it just I don't know. Like I said, the silver lining here is like is we'll feel better next week because UCF's going to beat up on FAU, and well, I almost said Louisville again. And everyone will relax for a week, and then Georgia Tech will just once again try to figure out what the heck this team is. I but, won't walk into next week 100% convinced the UCF's going to win. Well, the issue is, I, I can tell you FAU's defensive strategy if you want it. I mean, I, yeah. They're going to stack that. the box and dare JRP to throw. And unless JRP discovers how to throw in the next week, it's probably going to be more frustration. The difference is that I think UCF has the talent to literally just out-talent FAU. Yeah, and I think the so. defense is going to be... I don't know if, yeah, and the Great. defense will shut him down. So I'm not worried about next week, but it's just like, as far as JRP at the quarterback, I don't know what the solution is because every team they play is going to use that same strategy. And when Louisville used it tonight, it worked flawlessly. On the front of like, what am I doing here? I was like, man, I'm glad next week's game's not at home. Because I would not, if I don't think I'd have it in me to drive up. <laughs> I don't think I would. And I was like, even thinking, I was like, wow, Georgia Tech's only in two weeks. I'm still deciding, credentials are still open. I'm still deciding if I'm going to go down or not for the FAU game. Hey, more power to you. Yeah, we'll see. I think this is like the this is like because you normally I'm pretty measured on these podcasts, right? I think this yeah. is like the most upset I've been on one of these. You're days. usually like pulling me back from the hot takes, and you've just kind of been shoving me off the ledge this episode. Yeah, it's, it's I, I don't, I don't have like I was struggling to find positives outside of the defense. Like I'm, I'm in, I the outlook for this season to me is in the gutter right now. And yeah, should, should we go through the schedule right now and you just tell me if you think a win or a loss? <laughs> I don't want to do that. I think this is a great idea. Um. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Some time removed from it, maybe I'll be okay. It was one game. We'll see how right. the rest of the year so, goes. But. Let's go. So they're at 1-1 one and one at FAU. I'm reluctantly saying a win with this one. Georgia Tech. I don't know anymore. You got to pick. I, I Loss. Okay. SMU. Loss. Temple. Win. At East Carolina. Ooh. Win. Okay. Cincinnati. Ooh, loss. At Memphis. <laughs> Memphis looked bad last week. I'll go win. At Tulane. Win. Navy. Win. At South Florida. Win. All right, you have them at eight and four. Yeah. I would be very upset if they went eight and four. We went into the season. Didn't we say we went into the season saying like eight and four. Eight and four is like the disaster scenario. We're gonna go for back to back years saying. I that struggle they end with some of those too. Like I gave them wins in some of the games. I don't really know if they're gonna win. I gave them losses. Listen, I'm games. giving them the bowl to get to ten wins, and if they do that, I'll shut up. But uh, if they don't hit ten wins, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and on that very optimistic note. We Thank you for listening to the Mikey Keen podcast. There will be another day. What's the what was the uh, that's like a saying or something? I think it was a Vince Scully thing with the Dodgers. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's very late. It's one nineteen in the morning. Um, but yeah, we will be back uh, next week with some of the things we missed from this game. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. But maybe there'll be some things that pop up, and maybe there'll be some things that make me kind of calm down a little bit. Um, but we will be back. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCASimmons, and at NightSportsNow. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.